Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert, Experts on Expert. I'm Dan Rather. I'm joined by Mr. Mouse. There we go. Much better. Much better. Peek behind the curtain. I was hoping to have the Christmas sleighs, bells that we have. They're gone. (laughs) Instead, this thing, whatever this is. What is it? It's almost like my turkey. It's a Christmas. It's the sound of Santa's sleigh. Ooh. When he's got a bad engine, engine, right, (laughs) right. He needs to take it to the shop, and not the elf shop. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. No, they don't. Mechanical stuff. (laughs) Before we tell you who is our uh, esteemed guest, want to announce something incredibly exciting. Very. Listen, by now, hopefully you've seen some photos we've posted of the merch that we just dropped, barring a Christmas miracle. Which is possible. Yeah. Christmas miracles happen all the time. Always possible. Always surrounding Christmas. They won't arrive in time for Christmas. But you can pre-order, and you could give somebody this with the evidence of the pre-order. This is what I like to do. I like to um, give like a small gift, like a chocolate bar. And then taped to it is um, a picture of the sweater. Oh, my god! Sweatshirt. Yes. And this is coming. Yay! Like, you oh, know. Oh, yeah. A little, t- little, little sample. Teaser. Teaser. Yeah. Um, and again, if you don't, if you look at the pictures and you're like, what is that? What we know about you is you're not listening to the fact check. So A, you're in huge trouble. Exactly. B, that is the robot we hear from so That's often. Right. So just really quickly. Remind us. Do you want to buy some merchandise? <laughs> Do you like staying cozy? <laughs> With a picture of me on the front. <laughs> It says, welcome, welcome. <coughs> I sure hope that's true and not excluding robots. I love them so much. They're, they're very limited. We're not so limited. Anymore. That's it. That's it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it's one and done. There's going to be so valuable. Some, some of the speculators on the commodities exchange. What are they saying? They're saying that this sweater may be worth, we're not promising anything, but upwards of $16 million yeah. a year Yeah, that now. makes sense to me. It does, yeah. right? Well, think about it in the Ford GTs. The Ford GTs, they sold only a 1,000 of them over four years. Actually, five years, they went to 1,200. But point is, yeah. those things already almost tripled in value. Okay, I'm getting I, I feel like I need two. Two of the sweaters? Yeah. You can't take them out of circulation. Well, we don't uh, get any. No. Yes, I do. I, I at least get, get one, yeah. but I need two, maybe get, three. I'm going to get one one to wear and one to keep on ice yes. to sell as my yeah, retirement plan. You should, too. Everyone, make a run on it. Buy three. Save two, wear one. Anywho, today we have Richard Branson on. Richard Branson, an entrepreneur and founder of the Virgin Group. Of course, that includes Virgin Records, Records, Virgin Airlines, the Hotel Empire. The guy's flown across the Atlantic on a hot air balloon. He's gone to space. The guy's been up in space. Nuts. I was about to say first guy we've interviewed that's been in space. Not true. Not true. Not true. He has a new masterclass out called Disruptive Entrepreneurship. So if you have masterclass and if not, get it, and you can watch Richard Branson instruct you on disruptive entrepreneurship. Out right now on HBO, Branson, a documentary, a multi-part documentary exploring his life. So this is a great primer for that. Please enjoy Richard Branson. We are supported by Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm. 
Ooh. Myrtle Beach, I have so much nostalgia. Me too. I did a spring break in Myrtle yes. Beach. Yes. Did you guys used to go there from Georgia? Yeah. Mm. It was a very common beach destination. Ugh. Long sun-drenched days, live music every night, and 60 miles of uninterrupted coastline to enjoy. The beach truly is where your best self comes out. Combine that with the irresistible aroma of fresh seafood, southern classics, and local low country cuisine from over 2,000 restaurants, and you've got yourself the perfect vacation. You belong at the beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. That's visitmyrtlebeach.com. We are supported by Ollie. I love Ollie. Yeah, they're delicious, aren't they? Yeah, it's kind of annoying because I want to eat more. Yeah, well, yes, that is the only downside of Ollie's. You want to eat the whole jar. Now, as you all know, I have kids, and that means it's always about them. But look, I need some support too, and that's where Ollie comes in. My mom uses Ollie. She does. Yeah, and she has it out on the kitchen table so she won't forget. Oh, sure. So it's like a permanent decoration. (laughs) Yeah. Well, in the same way, my Ollie sleep aid is on the nightstand next to my bed. So it too is a permanent There you go. So this year I'm doing wellness on my own terms. And so can you with delicious vitamins and supplements from Ollie. Go to Ollie.com, O-L-L-Y.com to discover the sleep, mood, and multivitamin supplements we take every day and get 15% off your first order by using the code SPOTIFY15. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. He's an armchair expert. Hello, Mr. Branson. Can you hear us? <laughs> Hi, Dax. Hi, Monica. How are you doing? Hi. How are Great. you? I'm good. I can see a very dark side to that face, but you can hear me all right. That's the main thing, isn't it, on this one? We can both see you and hear yes. you expertly. Are you in BVI? I am actually sitting in a new Virgin Hotel in New York. Ooh. Oh. Which we're opening in six weeks or so. It's just off Times Square. So this is one of our bedrooms, I think. Yes, it is one of the bedrooms. I like the artwork. Yeah, I was going to say very cool artwork comes with this. Now, when you check into one of your own properties, (laughs) do you go ahead and take like the gangster suite or do you play it? middle of the road. Are you trying to figure out what the customer thinks or what you think? Well, I just flew Virgin Atlantic over here from the UK and I booked an economy and put myself with an upgrade if there was space. Wow. A seat became available, so I ended up in upper class. You hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, what's so great is, you know, when you're in the terminal and they're reading like the standby passengers, (laughs) there would be nothing better than hearing that you were like 10th on the standby list (laughs) and you own the airline. That's so great. If you were there. I'd love to see that. It's important to stand in the queues, and I think there's nothing worse than seeing some pompous person jump a queue. I must tell you a funny story. We have an airline in Australia. They had a technical problem, and these people were queuing up to get refunds or something. And this guy jumped the queue, and the Virgin Australia girl said, I'm really sorry, sir, but you really mustn't jump the queue. And he said, do you know who I am? She paused and she got onto the loudspeaker and she broadcast to the whole airport. There's a young man at gate 13 who doesn't know who he is. (laughs) 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 Somebody would like to come and claim him. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my God. Oh, that's fantastic. May we poach this employee off of you? I feel Seriously. like we need her in this organization. Seems like something I might do. You gotta let me deliver the punchline. Oh, so oh. sorry, so sorry. So he turned to her and went, fuck you. And she went, I'm sorry, sir, but you have to get in line for that too. Oh, <laughs> yes. I oh love my God. Her. Is her name Donette Rickles? You won't get anywhere with her, I'm afraid. <laughs> She's too smart for all of us. <laughs> yeah, that person needs to be immediately promoted to head of all things. President. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, you know, what's good for you, though, you're lucky. You've built companies you'd actually want to enjoy. So Ray Kroc, he famously spent most of his time just dropping in on McDonald's all throughout the country and making notes. But here, this guy, he had to eat at McDonald's every single meal to do that. And by the way, I love McDonald's, but I'm not trying to eat there seven days a week. You at least are enjoying something that you would otherwise be enjoying anyways. Yeah. I really ought to check out a spaceship, pop into space and to make sure it's all okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've been very lucky with our companies. They're a lot of fun. You know, I mean, like Wednesday morning, I go on a Virgin cruise ship for a couple of days and we've got 1,200 wonderful staff in each of those ships. They're from 82 different countries. They're just fun. They're very virgin. It's a real pleasure to be with them. And our team create the kinds of experiences that I like. And I think if I like it, it's like the other people will like it as well. And I think that's why an airline like Virgin Atlantic survived for 38 years, because you know people like to fly it. They get a good experience. Okay, I want to start. It's almost as if you should disclose if you're invested in a company before you promote <laughs> it. We have a mutual friend, Shannon Sedgwick Davis. Yeah, I know Shannon very, very well. She's a very special person. Very special person. Very good friend of my wife's. I've been the recipient of her cultural capital, I guess. I got to be in Africa at the same time with her, which if you can ever overlap that, that's the way to do it. She knows how to get everywhere and land everywhere in Africa. I love her, and I'm curious what it is about her that you feel so safe with or that you've entrusted with such a big focus of your philanthropic life. I don't think you can say no to Shannon. She does everything for the right reasons. She is bold and she's brave. She'll go into the depths of the Congo to try to take out the nastiest individual in Africa who does the most horrendous things to kids and their mums and so on. She rang me three months ago and said, Richard, you're coming to Ukraine with me to see President Zelensky and to see firsthand what's going on. And three days later, I'm on a train heading into Kiev and she is absolutely determined to sort out any problems in this world. She gives her life to it and yet she's got kids and her own family as well yeah you know she took howard buffett into ukraine and he's put up most of his fortune into trying to help people of ukraine and if shannon hadn't done it that wouldn't have happened and i suspect if there's ever peace in ukraine shannon would be one of the reasons that it comes about so when you got there, what did you see that I'm not seeing on the news? Was there anything that immediately kind of struck you that was different about viewing it from the inside than what we're seeing? Do you know, I remember when COVID was happening, we all thought we're never going to have to fly again. We know how to do everything from our armchairs. But the truth is that going and seeing people face to face, it's a completely different experience than doing it on a Zoom call or whatever. I mean, I was lucky enough to spend two hours with Shannon with lunch with the foreign minister of Ukraine. And he told us things that you don't see on the news, but also we ended up getting a list of things that needed to be done. And we came back and we've been wading through that list, trying to be as helpful as we can. And we also built trust. We run an organization called the Elders 
together, a wonderful group of wise men and women who do try to bring peace to conflict situations. And in order to get peace, it helps if you've got good contacts, say, with the Russians, and if you've got good contacts, say, with the Ukrainians, and you know people personally, ultimately, that's the only way you're actually going to be able to maybe help bring a war to an end. The elders' remit is they've succeeded in Kenya, they've succeeded in other places, and they failed in other places, but hopefully they and other organizations can contribute in this situation. Do you sit down for one of those lunches with a foreign minister and feel fraudulent at all? Do you start by going, why would I have this person's valuable time? I can run an airline and a record label and a teen magazine. Do you start with feelings of fraudulence or have you gone through this so many times that you are confident in the fact that you will see some way you can be helpful despite not being seasoned in global politics or an ambassador? Do you already have that confidence in yourself or do you start with some trepidation? So I may be being precocious in saying this, but if you look at the politicians that would normally be sitting down with other politicians, a politician is normally in his job for two years, maybe three years before, and if they're good, they're then moved on to another position in government. And if they're really good, within a year, they moved on to another position and so on and so forth. So their knowledge of any particular area is limited. As an entrepreneur, I've been at it for 55 years. I've traveled the world. You know, if you ask me which countries still got capital punishment or which countries are still anti-gay people or which countries have draconian drug policies, I ought to be able to answer you straight away with an accurate answer because I'm interested in what's going on in the world. And like Shannon, I want to stop some of these idiotic policies that exist in different parts of the world and see if I can use my knowledge and influence to do so. I have an advantage over some politicians in that I can pick up the phone and pretty well get through to anybody in the world. And it's very, very rare that somebody wouldn't take the call. And that means you can cut through the red tape. You know, when I got back from Ukraine, I rang the head of NATO, for instance, and he took the call straight away. So that's one of the advantages of being well known. And obviously, you need a good reputation as well, which is very important. Okay, so first of all, I watched your masterclass. It's absolutely spectacular. I really, really loved it for many reasons, not just the advice you're giving out, but the history, watching the real footage of these eras in which you built these different industries as someone who loves history. It's just really well done and well produced. And I want to get into some of the tenets that you offer to people who watch it. But I also have like three things that I wanted to know that I didn't get answers for. So I was very selfishly motivated. First of all, I just want to bond on the fact I was cripplingly dyslexic. So when you talk about the blackboard, I fucking love it. So the blackboard, if you're dyslexic and you're a kid, it's just a black hole. And everyone's staring at it. And everyone's somehow seeing the magic eye picture and you're not. And it's pretty fucking boring. That's the main attraction for most of schooling. And if you have no access to it, you have no purchase with it. The whole experience is kind of a bizarre void. But I think you and I both have come to really have a lot of gratitude for being dyslexic. And I think it definitely bestows some superpowers. So I would love to know when you were in those moments, we did not have the term dyslexia. No one came, grabbed you and said, hey, you got a great IQ, but you're going to stumble on these things. What was your own assessment of yourself in that period? I remember personally just going, I don't feel stupid. (laughs) Yet the proof is quite clear that I am. It's so confusing. What was your experience? 
almost identical to you. You were called stupid, but I could add up, I could subtract, I could just about multiply. <laughs> just about. <laughs> and I could just about divide. And then they spend years on top of that trying to teach you things which are completely irrelevant to 90% of kids. I mean, all you need to know is add up, subtract, multiply and divide. And once you get onto the more complicated subjects, I just sat there thinking, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And I just started planning things I was interested in. You know, I was interested in the fact that there was a unjust war going on, the Vietnamese war. I was interested in the fact that the education system was ridiculous. There are lots of things I love to learn about, but not the things that the mass teachers are teaching me or the French teachers are teaching me. But because of it, I ended up starting a magazine which gave young people a voice out of the frustration. When you're self-evaluating, right, I'm just wondering if you were doing what I was doing, which is, okay, I'm failing all this stuff. Everyone's getting this. I'm not. But on the playground, when I chat with my peers, I'm not being outmaneuvered. I do think it put a heightened sense of me evaluating myself relative to other people because I wasn't getting the outside metric. Yeah, I think that education needs to be much more adaptable to the individual. There are some individuals that love geometry. They're going to be our new scientists or they're going to be building our new spaceships. And the mass teachers should be concentrating on those people. They shouldn't be wasting their time on people like you or me. When I'm interested in something, I lap it up. I love the detail. I'll take notes. I'll learn more. But when I'm not interested in something, why waste my time? And why waste those people who should be spending the time with these teachers? And education needs to be more adaptable. Okay, so the item that's not discussed in the masterclass that I'm interested in is basically fuel source. You have a seemingly an inexhaustible fuel source, and I have to imagine that fuel source has had to evolve over the last 55 years. And I wonder, for starters, if dyslexia is a fuel source. Again, for me, hugely so. I had a chip on my shoulder that everyone thought I was dumb, and I really set out on a mission to learn as much as I could to disprove these people, and on accident, ended up learning a lot of things, which is great. But that was one fuel source. You're such an overall generous guy. You do not appear to have a chip on your shoulder, but did you have any of that residual chip on your shoulder that I certainly did? I wouldn't necessarily say I had a chip on the shoulder. What I did realize was that I needed to surround myself with people who were better at me at things which I was not good at because of my dyslexia. And so if you're running a magazine and you're editing a magazine. Oh, I'm getting some tea here. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, see the service already. We like the service at the new hotel. Here you are. Uh, Monica, would you like some tea? Yes, I love tea. <laughs> What if he spit it out right now and screamed at the person? This was never going to cut it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I think it forced me to get great people around me. And I'm lucky. I learned at a young age the importance of being really good with people and bringing out the best in people and praising people and all these sorts of things, which partly in my upbringing, I suspect. That's enabled me to then think about the bigger picture and <laughs> done a lot of things in my lifetime. You know, it's been a lot of fun and we've just thrown ourselves at a lot of different areas where we felt we had the expertise and the people around me to take them on and just pull out a blank sheet of paper and give it a go. Okay, so for people who are not already historians of you, you've already mentioned it, but I think, yeah, the Student Magazine would probably blow people's mind. You start that when you're 15 years old? Yeah. It's called Student Magazine. Just to be original. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literal. They ended up copying you in the 2000s with comedies, Wedding Crashers, Hangover. You were way ahead of the curve. 
Very literal. <laughs> I've been there on the hangover, yeah. I'm sure you have too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, so you start that magazine. You end up leaving school very early, 15 or 16, to dedicate yourself to that. Now, again, here's the through line of your masterclass. Almost every piece of advice you give, there is this very predictable part of your personality that I think is quintessential. You pick up the phone and you start calling people. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. You want to put out a magazine, you start thinking, well, I got to sell some ads, right? And so you get on the phone and you actually end up selling some ads prior to actually having a magazine. Is that the order of events? Yeah. In those days, you had to have a coin box in the school where you put money in. And I'd ring Coca-Cola and I would somehow learn the art of bullshit quite early on that, you know, Pepsi were taking a full page and maybe you'd like to have one as well. Ah. And um, somehow managed to get three or $4,000 worth of advertising sold, which enabled me to know that I could pay for the printing and the paper manufacturing. And so I quit school at 15 and went off to run it with the headmaster saying, you're either going to go to prison or you're going to become a millionaire. I'm not quite sure which, but good luck. <laughs> okay, but he was wrong about both. Wrong about both, yes. Yes, yes, not in prison and <laughs> surpassed million. You're a human, right? So you pick up the phone, you're filled with some anxiety, no? Like, oh my God, I'm 15. I don't even really know what I'm selling them. I don't know what the pricing for this is. Everyone has that voice, or are you completely devoid of it? I guess the thing I'm most interested in is, how do you talk yourself beyond the voice that says, you really don't have any business calling this person? So I didn't really have any anxiety. The advantage of starting a business when you're young is you've got nothing to lose. You haven't got a partner, a girlfriend, a boyfriend. You haven't got a mortgage. You've just got the phones you're putting in the phone box. And I found a way around that as well. <laughs> One day I put the money in and I didn't get through. So I rang up the operator and I said, I'm really sorry, but I couldn't get through to this number. And she said, oh, don't worry, I'll put you through. And then from then on, I just rang up the operator and said I'd lost the money and she put me through. So my secretary was the operator and free telephone calls. <laughs> and it sounded a lot better than click, 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 click as you put the money in. Has it gotten harder then? Is it gotten harder to make the calls that used to be easier? Because now you do have things to lose. No, because the calls I'm making now are more to do with our philanthropic side. I mean, like we've been trying to get a ban on the killing of sharks and get CITES-1 protection for sharks. And I was talking with President Trudeau in Canada and he became very supportive. And two days ago, we got a ban on the killing of some of the key shark species in the world. And that's really important because shark finning, which is a horrible thing that happens to about 75 million sharks a year, Whoa. is that sharks are caught, they cut the fin off, they throw the shark alive back into the water to die. And the fin goes as shark fin soup in China and Vietnam and places. This ban will make a big difference because the shark population is down to about 12, 13% of what it was, and they should have a chance to build back up again. Can we talk for a sec about your childhood, the family you grew up in and the modeling you received? Because I do wonder if some of this, is it nurture, is it nature, the way you are? I'm going to an HBO series tomorrow on my life. And they nearly called the series, instead of calling it Branson, they nearly called it Son of Eve. And I think they would have done if it had been not so difficult to promote. Because Eve is my mum. You'll see through the TV series how big an influence my mum had on my life, as mums do on most people's lives. She was very entrepreneurial from a very, very young age. And she never had great success as an entrepreneur, but she was always trying to get extra money to get extra food on the table. 
and we were always running to keep up with her. And then she would never let us watch television. We all had to be out doing things. So she had enormous influence, I think. She'd also, at six years old, you'd be almost a grandma's, and she'd make you get out of the car and find your way the rest of the way. It was tough love, but it was a great way of getting us to stand on our feet. And if we survived her tough love, we'd be the stronger for it, and we somehow survived. Yeah, I don't even see that as tough love. I'm always trying to get my younger daughter, like, give it a shot. Go get lost, and then get unlost. Let's do it. I think this sort of saying about if there's two roads, one's an easy, one's a difficult one, take the difficult one, and life is generally a lot more interesting that way. Mm. Yeah. Okay, a sense of humor for you is crucial, right? So the mother, yeah, she had a workshop. She used to try to sell things in London and varying success. Richard decides he's going to be a Christmas tree farmer. Mm, he goes away, ding, that ding, he Christmas. plants all the seed, the rabbits eat all the seed. <laughs> it's a big debacle. It's a disaster. So... Within your advice, two that are brilliant are learning to accept and move on and learning to laugh. And I think the laughing aspect has to be a part of your willingness to call on the phone. I think there's some part of you that can laugh at yourself and you go, okay, if I shit the bed on this, I'm going to hang up the phone. I'm going to have a good laugh. And that'll be that. Humor is so important. It can backfire on occasions. I just thought of one occasion where it really did backfire. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Obama making fun of Trump? <laughs> oh, God. Seriously. Every April Fool's, we would do something. And we, many, many, many years ago, announced on April Fool's Day that we were launching something called Music Box, where we were going to store every album and every single on every label on a little box. And people were going to be able to download the music. And... The industry suddenly realized that it was the end of the industry, Branson's bombshell, the end of the industry. And at 12 <laughs> o'clock, I said it was a joke. But Steve Jobs saw my joke and he said to his engineering team, let's have a look at this. And as a result, a few years later, he launches the iPod, which then no. puts Virgin Megastores out of business. Oh my God. So the joke definitely backfired on me. <laughs> You're... <laughs> It brought down your record store wow. empire. It brought down our record store empire, yeah. Even despite that, I think humor is so important, but you need people who can laugh at your bad jokes around you, which I fortunately got one or two. <laughs> you yourself saying this, and I am in lockstep on this opinion, which is I can't learn much from people's successes, but boy, can I learn a lot from people's failures I think you say specifically, it's much harder to be the pioneer than the person that follows the pioneer. I guess my curiosity is, when did that occur to you? How early into this did you recognize, oh, I should be looking at who came before me and how I need to learn from their mistakes? There was a guy called Sir Freddie Laker who was really the pioneer of low-cost airlines. He only survived a year. And I had lunch with him when I was thinking of setting up Virgin Atlantic. And he said, look, I'm going to give you two bits of advice. He said, one, British Airways will try to put you out of business. So three words, sue the bastards, <laughs> which I ended up doing when they did try to put us out of business. He said, the second bit of advice, Richard, is when you reach my age, which and he was, I don't know, 38 at the time, I was early 30s. He said, I've ended up getting prostate cancer. He said, Richard, you just got to go along to your doctor and get yourself checked. I'm afraid you know, the doctor will use his finger. <laughs> 
<laughs> Just make sure, Richard, he doesn't have both hands on your shoulder when he's doing the checking. <laughs> sure, sure, when that finger goes in, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, humor mixed with some really sound advice about suing the bastards. And we actually ended up suing British Airways after we had about three planes. They launched something called the Dirty Tricks campaign against us. We got the largest libel damages in history given to us by the court. At Christmas time, we distributed it to all our staff equally, and it became known as the British Airways Christmas Bonus. Our team, I think, have been hoping that they'll sue ever since. <laughs> Monica, they got nasty. British Airways, as they were picking up some steam, they actually got into their computer system, would find out the passenger list of flights booked, call the passengers, oh say they were canceled, <gasps> offer them fare on a British Airlines and upgrade them to first class. I mean, like Whoa. real Definitely illegal. gnarly illegal gangster yeah. stuff. It was very, very, very un-British. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The image of British anyway. Well, that's what I love about you Brits is, you know, no one can be that polite. There's always going to be an undercurrent. <laughs> we're going to find out like no one's that polite. Everyone's equally terrible. When's it going to bubble up? Okay, I have a question about story. Your story, I would imagine, Sir Richard, has to evolve because it stops making sense, if you'll hear me out. You're greatly positioned as you start Virgin Records. You're signing Sex Pistols. That's daring. That's outrageous. That's dangerous. You become this huge independent label, the biggest independent label in the world. In that story, there are bad guys. The bad guys are the corporate labels. And as you become Virgin Atlantic, the bad guy's British airway. It's a great story. At what point do you have to acknowledge in your trajectory, this story doesn't really make sense anymore. We're the big guys. And to keep the same story would start feeling inauthentic or fraudulent. Did that ever cross your mind in this journey that you inadvertently became an institution? and how you had to change the story to address that? Yeah, it's a very good question. I think I've become an institution more from my age than from our businesses becoming institutionalized. If you look at our newest business, Virgin Voyages, we've got three ships against Carnival's 300 ships. So in each of our new businesses, we're still very much the underdog taking on the bigger company in space, Jeff and Elon are <laughs> you know, like trillionaires. We are relatively very small. Meager billionaire. <laughs> yeah, the, the, two, the two big guys we're taking on and so on. So we're not dominant in any of the businesses we're in. But I think that there's no question that people perceive an underdog being young and thrusting. Okay, great. So my follow-up question would be, if I start an airline tomorrow, Virgin is BA to me. I'm flattered you should think that we're that big, but anyway. But you know what I'm saying? If I'm starting one tomorrow... Yeah, no, fair enough. Do you find that your attention naturally gravitates to whatever project you're involved in that you still are the underdog? Do you think the underdog story is one of the big fuel sources? Are you less interested in managing one of your companies in great success than you are in building the underdog ones. I enjoy building companies, no question. That's the most exciting. It's like with the grandkids, you know, you run to the grandkids and the children that you've already grown <laughs> get the second hug. <laughs> and I think the same applies to new companies. But just to sort of stand back a minute, most of my time now is spent on not building for-profit businesses, but is looking at some of the big issues in the world and trying to see how we can tackle those and having just as much fun and a challenge trying to save sharks or trying to change the drug regulations or trying to 
stop people, killing people with capital punishment. And that's more where I get my satisfaction from these days. Yeah. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by BetterHelp. Listen, I understand that sometimes you want to keep things to yourself, process your emotions in your own time. But if you keep everything bottled up, it can have some serious consequences. I have therapy on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. I had therapy this morning. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and it put me in the greatest mood. We had a long, big day, and I just felt much better for having you were some... not to out you. You were a little grumpy going in. I was. I was. I was to be Rob specific. and I received some texts this Yeah, I was locked morning. out of my therapy setting, which is this attic. <laughs> but then you felt much better after. I felt much better, and I even made some apologies. Um, talking things out can be so helpful. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. Check out BetterHelp if you've been thinking of trying therapy. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for any reason for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DAX today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DAX. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Are there some fantastic concerts coming to your city this summer? Mine too. In fact, Anderson Pack's playing at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't wait for Ooh, it. Ooh, that's exciting. If you want to be sure to see your favorite artist, you need to jump on it right away. I've already DM'd him saying, yes, I got to be in that front row. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Got your eye on a rock star candidate? ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. The best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. Here's a very risky question, okay? And I don't even know that in this day and age we can do this, but I'm going to attempt to. And if it goes awry, I'll save both of us in editing. Before you ask it, let me just work out how I can cut you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to act like you didn't hear the question. Yeah, exactly. Key. 
I'm so sorry you're breaking up. Not that the internet's <laughs> not spectacular in this new Virgin Hotel. Again, this is a fuel source question. So I see as so much footage of you as a 15-year-old, and you are adorable. You're absolutely adorable. There's no question about it. But you're also <laughs> not the captain of the football team, or whatever the English equivalent of Rugby. that is. So my sincere and honest question for you is, do you think if you are a bona fide 10 with the fucking sweater over your shoulders and the homecoming king, do you actually think you genetically still do what you do? Most likely not. I think people who've struggled at school are apt to be the people who are trying to prove something to themselves, their parents, their friends, and get out there and succeed. Whereas the captains at the school go into the more boring jobs. They might make a decent living at a bank or something. Okay, great. So I am that way. I have that belief about myself. Had I been getting all A's, I probably wouldn't have done shit. I think the unavoidable truth is mate selection is the nuclear fuel source in humans. Getting the mate we want. And I think it's just this incredible propellant. It's so powerful. Let me just say historically, Monica, he starts an airline because there is a woman waiting for him at BVI and an American Airlines flight is canceled. He's fucked. He has to charter a plane. He sells seats on it to the other people that were delayed. But he's got to get to that woman in BVI. Without that, we're not starting that airline. <laughs> so my question oh, yeah, is, I and that. I She's love it. Yes. What happens when you achieve that? What happens to that fuel source? You go to space. <laughs> Where you're what, allowed to have affairs? <laughs> That's what's left. Where there's Martians that you haven't met. When you found that woman or that partner and you can no longer use that energy to chase partners, you take it out on, I mean, I've started three or 400 businesses, so I've taken it out <laughs> on a lot of other areas instead and had different kind of fun, but a lot of fun anyway. Yeah. Just curious about that, because I find myself <laughs> happily married and successful in my world. I'm wondering what the next fuel source is at all times. One of the reasons I love being a journalist running student magazine was the amount I learned from doing it, the amount of people you meet and the research that you have to do for interviews. And that's a great fuel source. So what you're doing is a great fuel source. I'm sure you're doing some other things as well but on the back of it. Yeah, yeah. I think what's most impressive about you is your unending interest in drive and that's what's to me the main enigma about you that i'm fascinated by do you have kids by the way i do yeah seven and nine year old girls that's pretty damn good <laughs> yeah yeah now some of the great things that you advise people to do one in particular i really really love which is confront your frustrations don't you find that frustration is almost the most compelling emotion we have like to have legitimate anger and grief over something, a service, a product, an experience is just so motivating. It is. And that's why when I'm frustrated, I want to do something about it. And it is very motivating. And I've started a number of businesses on the back of being frustrated. One does a lot of things on the back of being frustrated. But as I said earlier, I start businesses. <laughs> Okay, I also just want to talk about the mechanics of you booking that flight, chartering that plane, and then what you do the very next day. Again, this is this thing I think is so amazing about you. Is you have a successful music label. You charter this flight. The next morning, you're on the phone with Boeing. Could you just tell us about why you thought you should pick up the phone and call a stranger? <laughs> yeah, so I decided, screw it, let's do it. Let's see if they'll rent me a plane. So I rang up Boeing switchboard 
and was put through to the sales department of Boeing in Seattle. And a guy called RJ Wilson answers the phone and tell him I want a secondhand 747. Do you have any for rent? <laughs> and he wanted to know what company I worked for and what's the name, Virgin. Anyway, we ended up somehow managing to extract a secondhand 747 from him. And that's how Virgin Atlantic started 38 years ago, just with one plane. Are you amenable to advice? Is it easy for you to ask for guidance? Because I imagine half that call, you're trying to get an airplane out of them. The other half is like you're hoping they educate you a little bit on this business. I'm amenable for advice all the time. I mean, I think one thing I'm good at is being a good listener. And, you know, if you're starting an airline and you know nothing about the airline business, you've got to be a good listener. You've got to write a lot of things down and learn fast. And I had to learn really fast. This is a stupid question, but were you interested in music before you started the label? Or was it just the allure of starting a business? Or was it very specifically the music industry? I was interested in a particular album called Tubular Bells, which a 15-year-old had brought us the tape. I just loved it, as did a couple of my friends who were around me. And we went to six record companies. They wouldn't put it out. We thought, that's ridiculous. We'll start a record company. We'll put it out ourselves. And so we had to learn, how do you run a record company? And we had to learn quickly. We put the album out. And I think our taste turned out to be better than the record companies. It sold millions of copies. And Showing my age, next year is the 50th anniversary of Jupiter Bells by Mike Oldfield. It was outselling Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd and Jupiter Bells was buying for number one spot over two or three years period all those years ago. That is Number crazy. one album for a year straight. Are you living in a simulation? <laughs> I'd sometimes pinch myself and wonder. Now, I've been very fortunate and I appreciate every moment of it. If I am in a simulation, it's a nice one. Yeah, you got a good part. I'm not planning to climb out. <laughs> Is Tubular Bells your rosebud? Like when you look back on the strokes of good fortune, is that for you the number one? We then quite quickly signed the Sex Pistols, which I think it was the Sex Pistols more that enabled us to attract people like Rolling Stones and Janet Jackson and David Bowie and a whole lot of brilliant bands. But yeah, Tubular Bells definitely kick-started the record company. And you built this incredible place, The Manor. Prior to that, when people recorded albums, they would like have a three-hour session. They would bring their shit in and out. They were annoyed by that. And he's like, let's just do two, three weeks. You come, you leave your stuff, you make an album, you yeah. relax. Nice. And you created a culture that didn't exist. Yeah, bands love coming there. They like to just record all night and sleep all day. Whether it was Cat Stevens or Van Morrison or Paul McCartney, Frank Zappa, pretty well everybody used to come to the manor to record. How often would you hang around to get some FaceTime with them? Did you hang with Zappa? I remember picking up Zappa from the airport and the manor was big, but there was a palace a mile away called Blenheim Palace. I actually drove him down the avenues to Blenheim Palace and just dropped him off and said, go and bang on the front door. He got out and walked up the front door with his long scraggly hair <laughs> and this sort of posh doorman of Blenheim Palace opened the door. He gets thrown out pretty quickly and I take him to the proper manner. <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky enough to spend time with a lot of the musicians. Keith Richards taught me to roll a joint, so better name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one's worth it. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> you clearly had a lot of respect for artists and the artistic process, and you said, you know, there's all these extraneous elements associated with the artists, whether they got to figure out publishing, they got to book a tour, they need management. And you just started filling out all the things that an artist would need. When you were around them, did you have just appreciation for them or did you also have any envy for them? 
I don't think I was ever envious of them. I mean, I was lucky enough to be around some extraordinary people who made extraordinary music. Cat Stevens, I just suddenly thought of, you know, somebody who spent a lot of time at the manor making beautiful, beautiful, beautiful songs. I would love to be a musician. My son's a musician, but that wasn't in my makeup at all. You know, I would just sit and wonder at where some of these beautiful songs came from. I was very lucky to be sitting in the front seat watching it. If you're lucky enough and you get to meet a lot of people that you're interested in, maybe even heroes, obviously some disappoint, some overachieve. Is there someone from that era that really just blew your mind that you still think, well, that person was magic? Peter Gabriel, or Collins as well, but Peter Gabriel, I've kept in touch with. You know, he was somebody that everybody at Virgin wanted to be successful because he's such a nice person, produced beautiful songs, very moving. I mean, I remember being in South Africa with him, with Nelson Mandela, name-dropping. Mandela was unveiling a statue to Steve Biko, who'd been killed by the white population in prison. After Mandela had made this impassioned speech, got Peter to come forward and gave him Mandela's microphone and just said, why don't you sing the song Biko? And he just sang without any backing musicians and the whole crowd, 100,000 people were singing it. And I suspect if you asked him, he would say it was one of the most moving moments of his life. And it definitely was one of the most moving moments of my life. Wow. Yeah, that's magic. When a human being is just handed a microphone and then the thing that comes out of them infects everyone around them with an emotion, that's something to behold. Yeah, it's special. I just think it's really funny that you're so self-aware because you've said that you've name dropped a couple times, but obviously you're going to name drop because that's your life. That's what you're your surrounded peers. by. Not even your peers, they're- Employees. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so I think that's really sweet and lovely, but hilarious that yeah. you have to consider, oh, I'm not name dropping. But you're not. You're just talking about the people in your life. Can I do one more bit of name dropping then? Yes. <laughs> we live for name we dropping. It. It's so juicy. So Archbishop Tutu, who is Nelson Mandela's right-hand person, I'm just an extraordinary man. He was chair of the Elders, which is an organization that we would occasionally, he would name drop. And he would go, oh, dear, there I go again, he would say. <laughs> it's funny, only the other day I was at Buckingham Palace. The Queen said to me, oh, Arch, you're such a name dropper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we have a version of that, a joke we say, which is, you know, I never name drop. Tom Hanks told me it's the grossest thing you can do. <laughs> <laughs> you steal mine, I'll steal yours. <laughs> yeah, 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 please, please, please. Okay, as a fellow adrenaline junkie, you have this whole phase of your life. I mean, really, you could just be someone who was worthy of an interview and a book and a masterclass if you were just an adventurist. I mean, you've done enough bizarre things that were life-threatening and had very little purpose, which I respect. What one were you, in your mind, you're like, okay, we finally went too far. <laughs> I'm in a situation I shouldn't have put myself in. What am I doing here? And did you have a heart-to-heart -heart with your ego to figure out what's happening? Pretty well every time. <laughs> <laughs> In my new book, Finding My Virginity, I think I write at the back, the 70, or is it 80 now? Hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> 80 times I've come close to killing myself. And every time I promise myself, if I get out of this situation, I'll never do it again. And every time somehow I find myself a few months later forgetting those frightening moments and climbing into another balloon or climbing another mountain or whatever. But I'm not going to tell any specific stories because I'm here in New York to launch the HBO series and you're going to have to go and watch 
it's <laughs> okay great i love documentaries especially biographical documentaries so i watched the trailer for yours i am so excited for it i gotta imagine if you're going to commit to something like that the notion that it was done at hbo has to be the safest version of that you know the quality is is pretty darn consistent how were you approached to do that and did you have any reservations about that the director is called Chris Smith. He's tough. He's strictly independent. You know, like, so you know that you're taking a risk in going with somebody completely independent and you're not going to have any say. I mean, for instance, the title Branson, I didn't like at all. The last time I was called Branson was when I was at school. Other school kids all had to call you by the surname and it just rankles with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you got no say on that, which is good. When I'm at the premiere of it, I'll be watching it for the first time and it'll be tough. I'd much rather take a risk with an independent director rather than just having a puffy piece, which HBO most likely wouldn't have been interested in anyway. HBO are very good also at just wanting to have their credibility. And so they should. Although I'm sure you've had the experience yourself where you're either interested in some historical figure, you read a great biography. It's actually the stuff that you probably, Richard, are nervous about that is the absolute most revealing, attractive, unifying, comforting. Are you able to recognize that when it's done to other people, it's so powerful and that to not do that version would limit the power of it? Absolutely. I mean, I know that, for instance, there's somebody doing a film on the Dirty Tricks campaign we talked about with British Airways. It's a feature film. And, you know, they haven't spoken to me, which I'm sure they will at some stage. But, you know, I sort of respect them for just getting on and doing their research and getting on and doing the film and, you know, it being independent. They make the best films. The more independent the directors and producers can be, the better. Did you watch this five or six part documentary on Murdoch? Are we talking about it's called Murdoch? Yeah, it's CNN. It's pretty recent. I just watched it maybe last month. I haven't seen it, and I'd love to see it. Do you feel like you have a perspective and an understanding on fellow kind of global entrepreneurs or people like Murdoch? Do you feel like you have some understanding of them that's a little deeper than maybe I would have? Rather than sort of talking specifically about Murdoch, I do think that people need to remember that all you have in your life is your reputation at the end of your life. And I think it's important that entrepreneurs remember that, that they're not going to be around forever and they need to conduct their lives in a way that their reputation is as intact as possible and that they can feel proud of their life when they're on their deathbed. And there are some entrepreneurs, I won't go into names, but they built a fortune doing things which they may not be particularly proud of on their deathbed. And it's important, really important that your children are proud of their parents and grandchildren are proud of their parents. Yeah, I think there's something really interesting happening right now in entertainment. There's like a collective social commentary happening on wealth, class, specifically billionaires. I don't know if you're watching White Lotus, but that gets into that. Also, Glass Onion, the new Knives Out, talks about it. Triangle of Sadness is really interesting, dissecting all of those pieces. And I do wonder from the perspective of you and the echelon of people you're in, if you watch those things and you're like, they don't get it. <laughs> They're mm. missing something. Entrepreneurs that I know 
that if I feel they're slipping up, I'm now old enough to be able to, you know, shoot a note to them or pick up a phone and have a chat with them. Maybe just have a quiet word and just say, you're in danger of damaging your reputation. And I think that there are some people that, you know, will shoot things off on the internet. People need editors, you know, like a journalist needs an editor. If you wake up at three in the morning and put something out on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever, it can be dangerous. And then you might wake up the next morning and think, ah, what have I done? Yeah. Mm. It's good to have somebody to talk to and give you some advice, I think, on occasions. I have editors that keep me in check. Smart. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very grateful to them for that. Okay, from the outside, from what I've consumed, all the research, watching the masterclass, can't wait to watch the HBO doc. What does seem clear to me is that I don't think money was the thing. I think almost you're a billionaire on accident. And I think you could have put more of your focus into just growing the war chest. And you didn't really seem to make that your barometer of success. I think that you're absolutely right. I saw a clip from the HBO thing which talked about me being focused on the bottom line. And I've just never been focused on the bottom line. I've been interested in creating things I could be proud of and hoping that the bottom line will fix itself. And we're never relative considering what we've done. We haven't made vast fortunes because the businesses we're in, they're all consumer facing, they're not tech businesses, but that doesn't matter. I can afford lunch, dinner and breakfast. (laughs) Yeah. And a roof over my head. Yeah, I just, I guess I imagine that if I were you, I would still be able to feel like an outcast or a misfit or punk rock, because even though I'm in this group of people, I can say with certainty, I actually wasn't chasing this thing. So I do feel a little bit separate and on the outside. Even though I'm with them, I still feel like I have the outsider's point of view. Yeah, I think quite a lot of people who've done well have not thought of the money as the motive for why they set up their businesses. I doubt that Larry Page, when he set up Google, was thinking, oh, well, I could make a fortune by doing this. I heard him once say to a kid, you know, the kid asked him what he does. He said, I help people find things. (laughs) that summed up google perfectly by helping people find things yep he's become a ridiculously rich person but i don't think that was what motivated him well and again i think that's what i like most about everything i learned from your perspective on business was that everything for you is led by an emotional pull some creative puzzle you want to solve being loud, being fun, being bold, making a name for the things you were involved with. There's definitely an artistry to it all that's been quite fun to watch. And I sure hope there's more Richard Branson's coming down the pipeline. I like this artsy, kaleidoscopic version of the titan of industry. It's been very fun to watch. Well, it's been great fun talking to you both. Much more fun seeing Monica than Dax, but... Um... Of course. <laughs> Fuel source. Fuel source. <laughs> this is an isotope right here, well, this unstable isotope. <laughs> it's my dream to be eye candy, so I, I, I appreciate that um, very much. No. I do have actually one more question, though, because yeah. we, we won't talk about the specifics of your thrill-seeking because that comes out on HBO, which we are going to watch. <laughs> but do you think that the impetus for thrill-seeking is potentially that your life has been so full of altered reality. You have crossed the boundaries of what so many people are able to do, could do. And so it's like dipping your toe in 
But What's there's like an arrogance and, building, like I'm breaking even, all these rules. I can probably break this one too. And not even I probably can, but can I? Like mm. it's asking the question, can I also do this? Can I also survive this? If somebody came to you and there was something that had never been done before, I don't know, climbing Everest or crossing the Atlantic in a hot air balloon or going to space in, in your own spaceship, would you say no or would you say yes? I'd say no so fast. I have no <laughs> I have no desire for peril. So let me ask Dax. Yeah, that's a different Well, yes, answer. yes, 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 yes. But I know where it comes from, and I want to know what you label that. I think that, yeah, for 50% of the population, they would definitely say no, and for 50%, they would definitely say yes. And all I can say is you only live once. Life's a lot more fun if you say yes. It's not just the actual event. It's the planning. It's the camaraderie of the a team of people trying to do something that's never been done before. It's the most incredible experience. In my balloons, I was flying over Mount Everest and K2 and down the Himalaya chain and you know, spectacular views. But it would take longer and I've got somebody who's trying to tell me I've got to go. Time to go. <laughs> it's been an absolute delight to talk to you both. Thank you and well done on everything you're achieving. Thank you so much, Richard. It's been a blast talking to you. And I hope we'll all somehow rendezvous with Shannon in the future. I would look forward to that. Nice to talk to you. Thanks a lot. Bye. Good luck with everything. Bye. Bye. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Ollie. I love Ollie. Yeah, they're delicious, aren't they? Yeah, it's kind of annoying because I want to eat more. Yeah, well, yes, that is the only downside of Ollie is you want to eat the whole jar. Now, as you all know, I have kids and that means it's always about them. But look, I need some support too. And that's where Ollie comes in. My mom uses Ollie. She does. Yeah, and she has it out on the kitchen table so she won't forget. Oh, sure. So it's like it's a decor. permanent decoration. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the same way, my Ollie sleep aid is on the nightstand next to my bed. So it too is a permanent There you fixture. go. So this year, I'm doing wellness on my own terms, and so can you with delicious vitamins and supplements from Ollie. Go to Ollie.com, O-L-L-Y.com to discover the sleep, mood, and multivitamin supplements we take every day and get 15% off your first order by using the code SPOTIFY15. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We are supported by Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm. Ooh. Myrtle Beach, I have so much nostalgia. Me too. I did a spring break in Myrtle yes. Beach. Yes. Did you guys used to go there from Georgia? Yeah. Mm. It was a very common beach destination. Ugh. Long sun-drenched days, live music every night, and 60 miles of uninterrupted coastline to enjoy. The beach truly is where your best self comes out. Combine that with the irresistible aroma of fresh seafood, southern classics, and local low-country cuisine from over 2,000 restaurants, and you've got yourself the perfect vacation. You belong at the beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. That's visitmyrtlebeach.com. We are supported by Intuit the technology platform that builds your financial confidence. There's some things that school doesn't really teach you, like how to handle the financial world. I mean, look, I did 16 years of school and I didn't have a single class on accruing debt or a hole that that puts you yeah, on. Yeah, they don't been, teach you that. No effort made whatsoever. If you want more financial knowledge, now is a great time to learn with Intuit for Education program. It has free, easy-to-use resources, like getting a car loan with credit 
Credit Karma simulations, understanding taxes with TurboTax lessons, and even learning to run a business with QuickBooks simulations. Check out Intuit's free resources today at intuit.com slash education. Intuit, that's I-N-T-U-I-T dot com slash education. And now my favorite part of the show, the fact check with my soulmate, Monica Padman. <laughs> right, right. You're just like, you're searching. There's an opportunity to trick someone. Yeah. And then the challenge and the <laughs> is make it believable enough that it's, well, it's believed. What if I started crying? <sighs> you wouldn't have started crying that Bill Gates was here, would you? No, but I was about to get upset. Okay. <laughs> so to catch everyone up, <laughs> this is really funny. My friends came over last night. Mm -hmm. You went to the White Elephant Party. I did. Which we'll get into, I'm sure. But you were dropping Liz Plank off, who's staying in our pool house. Yes. And when you pulled in, you saw... A security detail <laughs> yeah. leaving your... Like, it was so strange, because I was about to pull in, and the gates were opening at the same time. Okay. And I had to oh, stop. This solves a mystery I had last night, which was they left, and then I heard Frank going ape shit. Like, someone was there. And I'm like, oh. come on, bro. They just left. But that Liz. he was responding to you guys. Liz, yeah. Okay. Okay, so he was doing his job. Anywho. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> two black, blacked out security detail... One's worth describing. So one of the vehicles is a full-size um, GMC Denali, like an Escalade. Yes. But it's stretched. It's right. like the size of one and a half Escalades. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, two, what looked to me and my eyes are bad. Yeah, they're not great. Um, it was night. And it was night. Double whammy. Everything's going against you. Stacked against you. <laughs> yeah. And um, they came out in succession <laughs> and we were like, What's happening? Who just left? And I got a weird feeling. Okay, run me through some of your immediate fantasies that it was. They weren't fantasies. They were all, this is so me. I mean, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Dax doesn't tell me anything anymore. <laughs> okay. I thought you were maybe going to go to, you felt left out. Well, well, it's connected. It is connected. Yeah. 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 I, I was like. He had someone really fancy. Marcone, like French president. Yes. <laughs> Marcone over or something. Yes. Oh my God. And like he didn't even tell me that was happening, which. Right. What's not... become of us as friends? Yes. That's yes. what it was. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like, why didn't he invite me? It was, oh man. He didn't even get excited to tell me about that. That Angela Merkel had, was coming yeah. over. Yeah. And then Liz <laughs> said, oh my God, did Biden come over to watch White Lotus? And I was like, oh my God, maybe. Like that is a possibility. Oh wow. That is first and foremost incredibly flattering that that would be on the table, you know? So that's that seems like a feather in my cap. Uh -huh. I yeah, so that feels good. Uh -huh. Yeah, I said, what happened last night? There were two cars that were leaving, and then you said... Bill, Bill that Gates. That was Bill Gates. That was Bill Gates. He, he was over. And you go, Bill, Bill Gates. And I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't keep it going long, because I love you. Yeah. So then I had to tell you, it was my friend Panay. Yeah. Who I've talked about a million times. Yes. Panay produced all the movies I directed, and he I was in a few he produced. And he's an humongous marketer he does yes. all these great commercials that you see and he 
not that anyone cares. He was having a meeting, this might interest you, mm. with the king of horror. Um, Blum, 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 and Andrew said, yeah. <laughs> he said, well, your job is like talking to people and communicating. And so every minute you're in the car, you're not doing your job. Uh-huh. And he just broke it down to him in a way where it's like, because of the job you have and how much time you spend in traffic in LA and mm. how many meetings there are, you can't be driving yourself anymore. Well, fucking George took that to heart. <laughs> and I'd argue he took it to heart before he even really had the money he to take it to, to heart. Yeah. And he, what he got, and this will make sense for the vehicle. Yeah. I'm pretty certain, don't sue me, that he got Floyd Mayweather's old crazy stretch Escalade that he drives around Vegas in. So, oh my God. Yeah, presumably Floyd Mayweather spent a fortune building this thing. It's like building a, um, a private airplane or something. Oh so this God. vehicle that George drives around in is hysterical. What is really convenient is anytime you're meeting him somewhere, you know whether he's there or not because there's this preposterous vehicle. Well, you don't know. It could be. Oh, Biden, 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 Gerard, or Barden, Barden, uh, and Merkel. And Bill Gates. (laughs) And Bill Gates. Or Floyd. Or Or Floyd Floyd. Mayweather. It's gorgeous inside. There's four seats, two and two, opposing each other. And there's a big, beautiful TV behind your head. And he's in there with his blankets on. Like you would, if you think Eric's eccentric, like I'm sad no, you've I, not spent more time know, with Panay. He's the sweetest man on the planet. Yeah. He's Yorgo, my Greek baby. Yeah, you love him. I love him. And he sits in there with his blanket on and mm-hmm. he talks on the phone and makes deals and does all this stuff. So anyways, <laughs> yes. Blankets. Oh, he's got so many blankets back there. He also, George. They're probably Ron- Hermes blankets. He's very fancy. The fanciest. And yeah. he brought the girls really cute, fancy sweatsuits. He always cute. brings gifts. Yes. From where? Somewhere in Malibu, you know, oh, they get those oh. high-end things out in Malibu. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, he's he's living it. And he also runs 13 miles a morning. Every morning. 13? Yes, George he runs. He does a half marathon every, every day. morning. Every morning. Yes, in a week, he runs three and a Holy half marathons. Shit. He's a machine. He's also all ad. He's five years older than me. Yeah. And so he's often in the back of that fucking <laughs> crazy car with these huge airbags around his legs um, Circulation? Yes, they're like recovery bags. <laughs> his whole life is running and all of his investment, he has everything to keep himself able to run wow. without injury. So the other yeah. part of his day is with these crazy airbags on. I think he's got oxygen, an oxygen chamber. Wow. He's hysterical. But yes, I said to you it was Bill Gates. Yeah, and then and we I were reflecting on the fact believe. that that's my, that's my, and Rob really relates. He clearly does this to Natalie a lot. Yes. <laughs> is you just try to pick something. You want to fool the person. Mm-hmm. In this case, you. Mm-hmm. Little modest mouse. Mm-hmm. You know, in her stuffy outfit. Mm-hmm. And you think, who could it be? I was tempted to say Obama, but that's, nah. Bill There's Gates, no chance. Bill Gates was the perfect person because there is a relationship. Yeah. Of sorts. There's some email. Yeah, uh, there's, yeah, yeah. there's a relationship. He sent us his book bag. Yeah. And I can comment on his Instagram page, which is hysterical. You can? <laughs> Do you know I'm the only person on Instagram that's allowed to comment on it? Do you yeah, not know this? No, I know that no one can. I can. 
I'm the only person. I don't know how I even figured this out because I know you can't comment on it, but I tried to comment and by God, it showed up. You got like accepted? Some By some crazy <gasps> mix up. I'm the only, I think I'm the only person in the world that can comment on his Instagram posts, which I do all the time. <gasps> and when I do, I get an immediate barrage of all the people who hate Bill Gates sending me messages. Oh like there's God. like a, um, there's an explosion of activity every on time I comment on his posts. Wow. I'm so jealous. Um, I think it's my crowning achievement. Yeah. yeah. Big time. <laughs> so yeah, when you said that, I was like, oh, wow. And then also I was upset. Jealous and upset. Not yeah. jealous. Well, okay. Not well, jealous. Sad. The same right, thing. I was like, yeah. yeah, what I thought was exactly right. Like, he didn't <laughs> want to tell me this really cool thing. That Obama was Why didn't he want to tell me that? No, yeah. Bill Gates. Oh, Bill Gates. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting confused. That and thing with lies. No man's memory is good enough he can afford to lie. Lincoln. Wow. Yeah. And I will say, I think it was... I made, oh, it was compounded with Adam Grant? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think because I was primed a teeny tiny, but mm -hmm. not, not in the same way i could see why you wouldn't think to tell me about that right but still i was like oh 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 that's interesting and then you're like having this weekend where you have all these like <laughs> all of our past guests yeah and don't want to tell me you want to exclude me from it right no 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 not the case at all mm. but yes adam grant came over on saturday with two of his three kids it was really 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 sweet and Good. lovely Fun. and i love that guy White elephant party. Oh, I went to the white elephant party yesterday. It was really fun. Hit um, me with the highlights. One is there was a taxidermied mouse. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was upset because those are my people. Right. And you were upset because one was being exploited for shits and giggies at a yeah. party. Yeah. yeah. Did it look cute, taxidermied? Yeah, I mean, everyone was pretty grossed out, okay. but it did get stolen twice and then frozen. Okay. Yeah. It was dressed up, so it was this, like, little mouse. Little uh, mice. And um, it was dressed, dressed up, up as the Grim Reaper. Oh, that's yeah. a bummer. I was immediately picturing an English schoolboy, like, in the little oh. shorts like and a oh, cardigan. Cute. Top hat. Yeah, that would be an incredible You mouse might be to able have. to buy one, because it turns out it was Audra who brought it. Sure. And she said they also had a Marilyn Monroe mice. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. With like a dress being blown up. Yes. Like, oh, <laughs> this is great. So anyway, but I was offended. Um, uh, and then, let's see. I brought yeah. some very nice kitchen knives. Oh, okay. Amy yeah. ended up getting those. That's great. the dream, that's right? That's the dream. Yeah. But okay, the, well, things were hairy. Well, let me just back up and just okay. say there it always is a little bit of strategy at this white elephant party because if you want someone to have a certain present, yeah. happens quite often. Yeah. And then there's like, okay, well, you pick it and it'll get stolen from you and then my turn. I'll see. And then there's a lot of backroom dealings. This is a great time to bring up couples versus singles. Okay, great. Yeah. This is where things pop up where you don't expect it, right? Uh -huh. like, the ugly side. Yes, uh -huh. because what always happens <laughs> is couples tag team. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And the way they so can sorry. do that. Another yeah. precursor. The way this white elephant works yes. is you pull your name out of a hat. It says you're going to pick number 12. When it gets to 12, you can either go under the tree and get a new gift, or you can steal one you've already seen be opened. Yeah. And then that thing can get stolen 
two more times, that's and right. then that's done. It's locked. Okay, great. So everyone knows the rules. Yes. Yes. And so what will happen in couples is you just steal for each other, basically. Sure. Mm -hmm. And and because there's two of you, you have a chance of locking a uh -huh. little bit better. Yeah. Or someone in your couple will steal a gift and then there's one more oh. left, one more steal, and then you'll steal from your partner right. so that you together have it. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. <sighs> Hopefully you've never been mad at me because I don't really want anything and I always end up with something absolutely terrible. I always end up with the thing everyone's yeah. like, I don't think I've ever had anything stolen from me. No, I just feel, I just feel- Ganged up on. No, I just feel like, uh <laughs> Yet another thing. But you and Liz could have easily we made did. that pack. Okay. okay. So this well. year, this year, Liz <laughs> uh -huh. came to the party. Yeah. And I said before, I was like, oh my God, Liz, we can be a couple yeah. this year. We can tr we can do this. She had never come or she didn't know what it was. So I had to explain all of this. Mm -hmm. It didn't work out. Yeah. It's all, by the way, even when working as a couple, it does, so much is out of your hands. Exactly. Like 30 people there or something. Exactly. There's a lot of leeway in your strat. You know, think there's holes. But we tried. It didn't work. That's yeah. fine. But we both ended up with great gifts, so it was oh. fine. What'd you you what you end up with? Um. Okay. So should I talk about this? Uh oh. Is it risque? A little. Provocative. So not politically correct. No. It. It. I just think maybe it makes me look really bad, but that's oh. the thing I want to talk about. But that's also okay. All right. I end up with money. Okay. Interesting. Which is great. Okay. The problem is, I wanted this record player. Okay. I we had it in our possession as a couple for mm -hmm. a while. Mm -hmm. Then of course Ryan stole it. Yeah, he already has one, but that's what I. I was like, I yeah. think they have one. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even two. Ryan stole that, and I was really angry about it. Uh -huh. So I was like, fuck it. I Then I want the money. Like, okay, well, yeah. there's nothing else out there that I want. And a big component of this, there's a recurring gift that happens every year. Mm -hmm. It's a drawer. It's this, like, dick of, they call it dick of drawers. Well, originally, a decade ago, yeah. someone brought a big penis, yes. and it's erect, yeah. and then uh, vertical. Yeah. And then there are, were three drawers yeah. that you could pull out, right? Yes. And that got given. Yep. And then the next year, that person brought it back and they had decorated it with veins and hair <laughs> and all this exactly. shit. Exactly. Then gave it away. Then someone else brought it back. This went through like six iterations. Exactly. It now lives below our TV. Exactly. Because John Chu put a little... A fucking put in a whole thing in a lucite bubble, yes. uh, uh, Christmas decorations, a little train running around the dick of drawers. It's incredible. It couldn't be topped. It should never be destroyed. Yes. So then Kristen had a nightstand made with titties. That's right. As the drawer. Yes. So then that became the new thing. And someone put a keg in it. it they, people have done such cool stuff. I'm so glad I a never got that. Player. I'd be so disappointed if I got it. Exactly. So yeah. that's the fear of my life is getting stuck with that. I can't handle because you're it. obligated to do something spectacular. Yes. Everyone knows those are the rules. It's such a burden. It's Russian roulette. Yeah. Yeah. You're, there's one bullet in the chamber. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm too scared. Yeah. So I don't want to go get a new present. Right. Because I could run that risk. That's right. You just want it, the known. I want to know the enemy. You know is better than whatever they say. <laughs> enemy don't yeah <laughs> so i i had to pick from what was available now i i was gonna steal some really cool playing cards mm. 
Great. But they were in the hands of a friend that I know is going through a hard time. Okay. So I felt dishonorable doing that. Yeah, this is always tricky. So I didn't do that. Yeah. And I, I was like, fuck this. My record player's gone. Uh, give me the money. Uh-huh. So I took the money. I locked in the money. Okay. Which I can imagine is a little unpopular for you to lock in the money. <laughs> How much was it? <laughs> I'm just being honest. Listen, it would be, can I, can I make a good analogy? So there's a present. This is the conversation. Uh, hold on. There, there's a present, there's a present going around mm -hmm. and there are shoes. They fit everyone magically mm -hmm. and they make you two inches taller. And then I get them. People are like, God damn it. He doesn't need those fucking shoes. He's already too tall. So. Tax. I can see where. <laughs> this is, is why this? I feel guilty. Okay. No, you don't need to feel guilty. I feel guilty. No, bullshit. But Bullshit. you just said why I shouldn't. I already no, 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 no. I'm I'm guessing what the potential reaction was is yeah, what I'm doing. I was feeling that. Sure, a little envy, <laughs> a, little, a little ire. Listen, like, listen. Oh, it's not Monica. Yep, it's not all limousines and free jeans when you got money and you're famous. Everyone, no one feels bad for you. But listen, you want that money just like in the next guy. There's some downside to having some cashola, and it's you know, people aren't going to be pumped for you if you get the cash prize. I know. And it's just the nature of it. I, I look, I really, like, I took it. Did there you regret was a it? Reaction. I didn't until there was an immediate, <laughs> I felt it, yeah, reaction. Sure. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> what did I just do? That's right, yeah. Mm -hmm. But then I got angry at everyone. Right? I've got to walk out of there with the shittiest gift possible because I'm clearly the most privileged motherfucker there. And I deserve to get the shittiest gift. No, you but then it just makes the whole event like, oh, then go there why? and get a knickknack. I come bring something great. And then I walk out with like edible underwear or some bullshit. And I'm like, I don't know. You I don't love really that. love this game. Love <laughs> well, they're delicious. <laughs> no, I know that this was the first... God, yeah. where I felt like, oh, fuck, okay, I can't do this again. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't, <laughs> next year I can't. And I, Lesson learned. I do bring really good gifts. Oh, yes. To this thing. That's right. And you want to leave with something that you kind of want <laughs> that you're not going to have to throw away. Yeah. But this is like, mm. I feel weird. I feel... We're gonna I felt like blood money. Like I was like, I gotta get rid of this. Right like, now you gotta give it. You gotta, you gotta ask everyone who's the poorest in this room. <laughs> no. Then I thought, oh, maybe I'll ask the person. Maybe I'll use it for leverage. Like I'll trade it uh, for with, for somebody. Okay. But now then, you're a carpet bagger. Well, I know. I was like, that sounds bad. To, this seems yeah, bad wheeling too. and dealing. We need to have like a thirty minute coffee about this topic. No, I I really. Okay. have been thinking about it ever, like, it's really bothering me. Here's what it is. I'm going to make it less grody. Okay. You're, you've been made other. Yeah. And it's not a good feeling. It's not fun to be made other. Yeah. Well, I know that more than anyone. <laughs> You're a triple whammy now. Oh, my God. Everyone in this room is mad at me now and thinks I'm a bad person. Right. And you're greedy. I'm greedy. That is what I felt. And then I thought, I just got to throw this money away. This is bad money. Get it out of your hands. <laughs> I felt so bad. And this then, is great. And then I thought, this is, fuck. Like, yeah. That's why you got to hang out with Bill Gates instead on the night. <laughs> well, you didn't invite me. <laughs> I got upset because I was like, well, I'm a competitive person. It's part of my success. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I did think, I thought like, 
then am I not allowed to like play this game? Like the fun of it's a fun, like it's a very fun, rowdy yes. experience. People are stealing, people are, and I'm like, oh, do I not get to play? And can I tell you something? The only fun moment I've had in that game was last year because it was very obvious I was stealing something for my daughter. Exactly. So I finally stole something everyone wanted, this enormous teddy bear, and from the nicest person at the party (laughs) bit. Yeah. And so it was evil. But I did it, and I felt none of the awkwardness afterwards because it's so clear, oh, that dad's stealing for his kid. Yeah, totally. And it's great. I should. But that's the only time I've liked it. Should have said I was stealing it for your kid. The money. money. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. So it all went to the fucking central bank, I guess. (laughs) Listen, so then I got really panicked because Anna, Uh our friend Anna, who we love, she picked, (laughs) she got this candle. It was a latka flavored candle or scented candle. No one wanted that, sure, obviously, yeah, yeah. you know. And I told her, I was like, you you can make that a kitchen candle, like mm. make your kitchen smell nice, like latkes. Anyway, <laughs> she, um, she, you know, every time everyone went up, she's like, remember there's this nice candle. Yes, you know, this is yep. what people do. They try to like- Sell, sell the <laughs> items they don't want, yes. hoping they'll get stolen. Exactly. Yeah. So Anna was really pushing the candle over and over and over and over again. Then I got super panicked when it was Kristen's turn. Okay. Because I was like, oh my God, Kristen's going to steal the candle for Anna and do the right thing. (laughs) The thing I didn't do. Uh And thank God she didn't. She didn't. Mm -mm. But I would have thought the same thing. I got so fucking scared. Uh I was like- Oh no! It's like, but she's had so many years yeah. before me uh-huh. to learn these lessons. Yes. Anyway, but she didn't. She picked a, a gift out of the from the tree. Risky, risky. Probably smart up- though, because then it's not. It's like, hey man, I don't know. I just opened. No, this. but she could have got the drawers. She could have got the drawers, but I would say even better. It's like if you open the money, you're like, oh bummer, I got the money. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, you didn't have anything to do with it. No, yeah, yeah. I'm just worried about the drawers the whole time. Of course, we yeah, we kind of lost sight of the drawers, yeah. but yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. Anyway, so um, she opened up and she got some nice earrings. So she did give them to Erica later. Okay. But um, but that was not <laughs> yeah, in the game. Neither here nor there. Anyway, uh, so. Anyways, the drawer that we talked about. Yeah. Someone did get it. Yeah. But instead of the enormous nightstand that yeah. it used to be, it had been made miniature somehow. And then in the drawer were front row tickets to Adele. So it was, that's a great But it had a plot butthole twist. at the end, at the back of it. That's awesome. It had a flesh, like you could fuck it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it had a But that was tickets. really clever because no one wants it. And then it was fun because you know who ended up with it? This couple that is the crafty. They're the one I think that made it into the keg. Like they're extremely crafty and good. They should have That's it. That's who should have it. Yeah. yeah. They're good stewards of that <laughs> exactly. gift. Exactly. <laughs> and then they get to go to a hotel. Perfect. Okay, that ended quick. Oh. Did you hear that? Yeah, it sounded like jingle bells. Jingle bells. <laughs> a car's being stolen. <laughs> anyway, so that was kind of a crazy ride. I got a, a crazy update for you. Tell me. So Lincoln had it in her mind over the last few days. She's been tracking okay. an animal in our yard. 
Oh. And she's been all over it. She keeps updating me. There's, there's scat outside, and it's bigger than this, and it's that. Oh. And I think this is going on. So this morning at 7.15, I'm just starting my meditation. And I hear screaming from down the hall. And now both girls are running full pace, Lincoln screaming, I know it. They're in the yard. They're in the yard. They're in the yard. I look out the window. There's two coyotes just fucking hanging on my grass. Really? Yes. Don't they know they're not allowed to walk on the grass yet? By the way, that was one of the kids' grievances because they're so pissed they can't walk exactly. on the grass. And I was like, and they're not supposed to walk on the grass. I'm like, we have bigger fish to fry. We have two fucking dumb How dogs they, here. They jumped over the fence? No, because the gate is temporary and it is open so that you can get it was packages. This morning? This morning at 7 15. me when I walked. Um, I was thinking Liz leaves every morning yeah. out early. I'm sure they watched her go, but there Ew. were two. Very large coyotes. <gasps> like I had lawn ornaments, right? They're just in the dead middle of the lawn hanging. And what about the dogs? So I run to my closet. I get my shoes on, my waterproof shoes, because it's also raining out. All right. I get those on. I'm running downstairs. I'm looking for some weapon. <gasps> There's none. We're too peaceful. <laughs> I run outside. Yeah. They're clever, by the way, because I'm tracking through. As I run through the house, and I'm glancing out the windows to keep my eyes on them. Somehow the one knows... We're stirring inside, right? Because one starts getting on the move, and then the other one's kind of looking. By the time I run outside, I grab the flimsiest mop in the world. In fact, this is a this is a side grievance. I ordered this mop and dustpan <laughs> from Amazon, and it is so shitty and flimsy. Anyways, I'm like, here we go. I was even imagining, like, if I'm start swinging this thing, that's gonna break this first hit, and then I, and then it's hand to hand. So I run out there. They now take off. I'm trying to catch them. Why? I'm going to let these motherfuckers know my yard's not a place for you. I have little kids here and I have two little dogs. But don't you think they you... were seeing you is like enough? No, they really? need some kind of, I think they need to connect it with a little pain. But what if then they attack you? Bring it, motherfuckers. <gasps> I'm ready. So I run out and I'm running up the driveway. Mind you, it's been raining, right? Yeah. And the, my whole drive is mud. I'm like now, I'm running through, I'm, I'm up to my You're ankle. You're slipping and sliding? I'm sinking. This and I have this flimsy, useless weapon. And as I'm getting within like probably 15 feet of them, they're now making their way out of the gate. And I look, I drop the, the mop, the broom, and there's this really hard orange ball on the ground. I'm per I snatch that up as I'm running. <gasps> I run out into the street. They take off down your driveway. <gasps> They're running down your driveway. I got so lucky. I threw the ball as hard as I can. I never played baseball. I don't have good wow. aim or anything. I chucked this. Because, again, I want them to get a smack. Yeah. I want them to know, oh, yeah. you go in the yard, you get smacked. Yeah. So I chucked the ball as hard as I can. It bounces right behind the one coyote. Like, I'm like, whoa, that was pretty good. Like, And, it, and when it hits the ground, it bounces. It actually bounces up above the coyote, hits your neighbor. He's got that um, metal sign hanging uh, the ADT, like, like a, an alarm company sign. And so it bounces behind the coyote, goes above it, and it's right as the coyote's passing the sign, fucking bullseye, it bounces and smacked right into that thing. <laughs> and then they, oh, they shit themselves. Out. They, like the one, 
just torpedoed the bush, that hedge yeah. that's in your backyard. Yeah. Like God knows, like, fuck it, I'm getting in here, no matter what it does to his face. So then they scampered in different directions. Whoa. It was very exciting. This was 7.15 a.m. That's a lot. Yeah. Wow. And then I try, I came back in and tried to meditate. And I was like, who's kidding me? This, I'll just start drinking coffee. <laughs> like that, that ship is sad. A rock hard. <laughs> wow. uh, so that was my morning, yeah. Wow. But by the way, let me back up because right now you're you're in your car and you're really mad at me because I should be I should be encouraging the wildlife to live in my yard. Literally last week, all over the news, guy pulls up in his driveway here in LA. His toddler hops out of the back seat. Have you seen this video? No. Toddler hops out of the back seat in their driveway, middle of the afternoon, and right as the the Tahoe pulled in the driveway, this coyote's already walking down the street and comes right into the driveway. <gasps> the little toddler hops out immediately the coyote grabs it by its coat no. starts dragging it away the dad now like gets out of the car hears something he runs over and is able to chase the coyote off but the coyote was dragging the toddler away oh my god so i just saw that last week too right and i'm like also not oh also let me add p22 yeah. who i love went in someone's house monica why you a know, mountain. <laughs> why are, I don't need to know that. You kind of do. What do I do? You need to be fully armed. You need a Lady Remington pink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love wildlife. I really do. I'm an animal nut. Um, I mean, not really. I am. <laughs> no, you're not. I studied like, them in college. David is an animal nut. You like uh, can observe them, but you you don't like. I had, I'm a season Dogs. pass holder to the zoo and have been for 26 years in LA. I've been to Africa to look at the animals. Yeah. I know everything about primates. Like, I love animals. Okay. What, I, what I'm intolerant of is animals that are attacking humans. I can't. Exactly. There's got to be some line. I agree. And so I have two little kids, and I hate to tell anyone who's upset. I, two coyotes are not allowed to live in my yard when I have two little kids outside no. playing. That's not an option. Definitely not. That was DEFCON 5. We were at, well, we were at DEFCON 5, no alert. We went up to DEFCON 4. And so today was a ball, you know. The. P22? Yes. So they're going to they're gonna move P22. Okay. Because they track P22. And the, the fact that he entered someone's house and got a dog. Oh, he ate a dog. He ate a dog. And. Um, but he didn't eat a person? No. We got no and the they dog. left the door open. Or it was like a. Flimsy so door. probably so no, the dog could get in Probably well, through a dog leave, door. Yeah. I don't know don't, this. I'm just guessing. Don't leave your door open. Well, what fun. if you have a dog door, though? P22 can't fit through a dog door. The fuck he can't. It's pretty really? big. I mean, what if you, you've got, no, I well, if you've cats. got a moderate-sized dog, yeah. your dog door is going to be big enough for an 80-pound dog. It's going to be big enough for P22. Anywho, they've been tracking it, and he's been doing a lot of erratic stuff, that being one of them. And they've now gotten to the realization that they have to move him he's about to kill some human that's clear like that's what's coming next so they've already decided they're gonna move him where to, to your house yeah yeah oh my god okay dick branson okay yeah okay so there really aren't that many facts so it's good that we talked about all this other stuff yeah i mean there's like none uh i haven't left stuff out like i have stuff for next week uh, carryover yeah okay but yeah. this is our last armchair expert of the year wait <laughs> No. Every time I say this, you get oh, so. I don't like it. 
<laughs> I don't like it at all. I know, it's, only, but it's only like a week off, though. It is one week so, off. We had that's one week we're not in here talking like this. I know. I hate it. But yeah, I think we should just put out a fact check. Okay. Anywho, think, we're also going to have to get together for the Christmas episode. Yeah. yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. No, and there are episodes. Mm-hmm. There's the Christmas episode. There's the best of. Mm-hmm. There's a flightless bird. There's a race to 35. Okay, so maybe we'll have a fact chat. Whatever. Let's not worry about it now. Okay, you're okay. stressed, but. I'm stressed. <laughs> Monica says this is the last you're going to hear from us, and I'm no, saying no, no, maybe no. not. It's not well, the it's TBD. It's <laughs> not the last you'll hear from us. It's the last armchair expert interview of the year. Okay. Okay. Last fact. Yeah, that 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 I can. No, we'll, he doesn't want to agree to that. I can't agree to that. <laughs> These are terms I can't. This- but it's the last armchair expert <laughs> interview of the year. Okay. I can accept that. Okay. All right. And we have Viva Magenta 2023. Oh, you're not, are you really, are you all in now? Yeah. Oh. I'm all in also because this rowing company uh, is sending me a rower in Viva Magenta. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I imagine. Yeah. What are you going to do? You An oar? No, like, you know, the machines. Oh. Exercise machines. I thought you were getting an oar. I'm like, what, are you going to hang this on your wall? <laughs> no. That's going to look crazy. You weren't on the road team or anything? No, no. Okay. No, an exercise machine. Okay, if you don't use that rower, I'll take it. Like, get it. Yeah, why don't you use it until my house is ready? Okay, because I kind of want one. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely use okay, it. Okay, great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so the fact I did look up, I thought this was an endearing part of him, that he considers himself to be an underdog. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> it's ding, 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 white elephant party. Like, no one wants to be at the party and not be able to take the cash. Right, true. Like, you want to be able to play. Okay, but I looked up British Airways net worth versus Virgin. Because remember- you, Like market cap. Yeah, I didn't really, I just put British Airways, it says 3.21 billion. Was their yearly revenue probably? Uh, it, Net worth as, as of December 5th, 2022. Okay. Now, Virgin is tricky because it's not- It's It's five different airlines, right? It's talking about the Virgin group. So it might also include the record. Like, I don't- The hotels? uh, Exactly. Uh. Um, And that's five billion, but Mm. it's all the things. Right. So he's right that British Airways is bigger than Virgin Airlines. Well, maybe, because we're not quite sure what that pie is of Virgin. My guess is- and Alaska Airway acquired Virgin America for $4 billion. Mm. But that's just Virgin America. Yeah, and then you got Virgin Atlantic, you got Virgin. For $4 billion? Four bi- approximately $4 billion. Four wow. bills. Huh. Hmm. Okay. The, the, I think the point is, is like, he's a big guy. He's, he's a big a, boy. Of course he's a big boy. Yeah. yeah. It's like, is McDonald's bigger than Taco Bell? Yeah. But is Taco Bell not an underdog? No, it's not. An yeah. Why does Mark Cuban have so much money? Mark Cuban invented, I want to say it was called like Real Player or Audio Player. He sold it to AOL oh. for about a billion dollars back in the day. But then he invested it really well. And he bought the Dallas Mavericks. Right. Okay. But he, is that... Are you seeing uh, that? Micro Solutions was his, he sold for six million. Six million, but go to the big boy. Um, and then he starts AudioNet. There we go. I think that might be it. Mm. No. It still doesn't ring the bell. I think it's like, he invented an audio player, oh, I wow. believe. QuickTime? No, but something like that. 
Audionet and broadcast.com. What did he say to sell to AOL for a billion dollars in the late 90s? That's what we're, that's where his real fortune. Oh my God. Elon Musk, $188 billion. Down from 300 billion. <coughs> he had 300 billion for a minute. I can't believe it. What do you got a list of top billionaires or something? Yeah, I mean, it's just showing up. All these, all these other billionaires are showing up. Oh, so weblogs? No, it was acquired by AOL. Oh, how much? <laughs> Doesn't say. Okay, weblogs—that's a rough name. Maybe oh, they changed ice it. Ice rocket? No, it had something to do with audio. I thought. Red swoosh. Maybe AOL European. changed the name. Maybe it wasn't even AOL that bought it. Well, good for him. Anyway, um, fun guy. Fun I guy. I mean, if Richard. Sir Richard yeah. was at the White Elephant Party. If he wants to take the cold hard cash, let him. Okay, now what if he did? How would you feel personally? I would feel like, oh my God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know. That's why, again, I'm a, but I, but also, I'm a few years in deeper into the thought of this. You have to be compassionate and realistic about the limits of a human being. Yeah. And there's no way we're going to be excited that Richard Branson got the, you exactly. know, it, it's, it's it's beyond the capacity of a human. I get, I do. So it's like, well, no, no, they're not all going to change. How could they? No. And so and now, now what's my move within this I paradigm? Know. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Sympathy is, for the most part, off the table for you and will be increasingly so, which is a weird dynamic in life as a human. But I only got two eggs. Well, on your first go around, I think now that you've been off the pill for seven months, you might shit out 20 plus eggs. That's nice of you. It's yeah. not, that's not going to Is that happen. how you do it? You shit them out? Yeah. yeah. Everyone knows that. All right. Rob, <laughs> this, is, this is known. <laughs> yeah, I read, when I was listening to that today, I was like, oh man. It Listen to what? Uh, that episode. Oh, it, re it reignited the yeah. sadness. Yeah. Sucks. That'll be out by the time this airs. Yeah. I just want to say I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Yeah. So if you remember when it happened, I urged you. To talk about it? To talk about it. Mm -hmm. And you completely understandably were like, I don't think I can. So I just think yeah. it's really um, brave of you Thanks. that you did. And it's the best kind of bravery. It's the Jonah Hill bravery. Yeah. It's the kind we like the most. It definitely made me feel very inadequate. Uh-huh. But, yeah, it, it wasn't an option to bring people on this journey and not give them the full story. Yeah. Yeah, but ethically, that was nice of you. And integrity. Yeah. And um, greedy. And greedy, yeah, because I'm really greedy. <laughs> I feel like I got to give that money to charity. I mean, I do give money to charity. Yeah. And you have to put that on top of whatever you Okay. How much was it? It was $220. Wow. <laughs> Dax! That's a good amount of money. <laughs> you were mad about that much? I know. <laughs> That's, I was, well, the LP, yeah, people hate you over five bucks. The way you're talking about it, I thought it was like a grand. Who, who gave that? Jess. No, he did a cool thing. He put it like in a box that was in a box that was in a box. So it was a fun unwrapping experience. Oh, okay, and then right. it was- And then pot kept growing. Yeah, and I mean, Amy, who opened it first, 
I didn't steal from her. I would never no, steal the money steal from, her. from her. But she got stolen from a lot. People weren't playing by the <laughs> rules. But she opened it first and she ruined a lot of the boxes. But I would have been happy to keep the boxes as well for my <laughs> gift wrapping station. Right. Like, I'm just. Maybe even bring it home for your mom to put some presents in. She's lazy as fuck. Uh, so lazy. Yeah. When do you. Go what, home? Yeah, what date do you go the home? The 21st. Okay. And then I'm back the second on your birthday. Ah. Yeah. Me too. Maybe I'll see you at the airport. Oh, maybe we could ride home together. Ooh. Go plan on that. Why don't, uh, depending- use, why don't you use that 220 you stole from the, everyone? <laughs> to in, get a car service. To get a car service. Um, All right, well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry, 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 Merry Happy holidays. I hope everyone's really warm right now and drinking something cozy yes. and in a stuffy costume. Oh. Watching a movie. Snuggling. Yeah, snuggling and feeling warm. Coming back from chasing a coyote, fully engorged. <laughs> <laughs> I do not wish coyotes upon anyone listening. Unless, like, there is a segment of our country that they would love it. And that's great for those people. No, they would actually love that they live there. Oh, I see. Maybe even kill deer and bring them back to the yard and eat them in the yard and just really set up shop in their yard. Those would be people presumably without small pets or (laughs) people in their house. But there is a group that wants coyotes in their backyard. I wish we could figure out how those people could label their properties and then we could figure out a system to like, if you want them, take them. Yeah. If you don't want them, get out of my yard. Do you think, though, even if you didn't have the kids, wouldn't you be protective of Kristen? Like, Well, you, the dogs, which... And the dogs. But you hate uh, the dogs. But I will deal with very sad kids uh, for a, a very long and time a very and a very sad, sad wife. wife. My yeah. whole house will be in mourning for a very long time. That's true. That would make me really sad, too. If one of the dogs died. Yeah, yes. I do like those yeah, One dogs. more than the other, but yes, for me. <laughs> Yeah, and surprisingly for me, it's... Opposite, yeah. yeah. Like, Frank is damaged, but he doesn't look it, mm-hmm. so people don't give him as much compassion. A beautiful mess, like these girls who tattoo <laughs> no, I on hate it. that. <laughs> no one this can see curious that. position you've taken on Frank. It really is. Why? It seems to violate other tenets of your... Really? Yeah, but that's fine. It doesn't? <laughs> yeah, he's got all the advantages. He's, like, cute. He could be the most likable dog ever. But instead, but he, he tries to bite someone once every two weeks. Well, someone hurt him. No, I don't think so. He's yeah, had a pretty charmed life. No, he was at a shelter. So oh, Yeah, because the person who had him before didn't want to get bit. Is that why? Yes. I think they hurt him. Okay. <laughs> Kristen so. says the reason he puts his paw up like this is because he has anxiety. I mean that's a lot of your that's a lot of assumptions that are being made. Maybe that's the case, but that's that's out there. That wouldn't hold up in any social. Science. You know what it is? Frank's like nice to me. Yeah, yeah. And he's soft. And I like you've touching. even admitted it. It's like being horny for a serial killer. He doesn't bite you. Exactly. Yeah. He protects me, uh-huh. even even though he might hurt others. Warning. The rest of this fact check contains spoilers about the season finale of White Lotus. Did you watch White Lotus last night? Yes. What did you think? Loved it. You did? Yeah. I liked it a lot. It left me feeling a little like, huh, like, did I like it? You know, I really had to think. Of course you feel bad for Albie, right? Like, that's, that's going to happen. Yeah. But in some weird way, when that, that last shot, did you watch it? Yeah. 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 The last shot of the hookers the, walking down uh, the street. You I'm like, that. that's right, girls. 
Yeah. Like you got it. You got everything. You got the job at the thing. Exactly. You got rid of the bad guy. You got all the money from the rich people. I don't I think Elby cared either. He didn't. He didn't seem, seem to care. Yeah, I think he knew it was a possibility, and yeah. it came from his dad. So I'm still not like I don't like having to fuck over someone in order to win. Right, but Unless I will it's say white this. Elephant. It actually caused a really interesting debate. I paused it when he was asking his dad for the money. Yeah. And I said, boy, this would be really tough for me because my thoughts as a parent is like, my job is to turn you over to the world prepared. Yep. And I can't enable you to be fooled. This reckless. And I know you're getting screwed. I mean, that's what the dad was saying. Yes. Yeah. And so Kristen said, no, you just give them the money. They're going to find out they were the mark. And then when they find out, they're also going to know you knew they were Mark and you gave them the money anyways because you love them. So they're going to learn their lesson. That's unavoidable. And they know that you helped them even though you disagreed with it, which is powerful. And I, and then the way it all shook out, when I saw it play out in real time, I was like, wow, that was the right move for the dad because he knows his dad violated his own sense of it on his behalf. It wasn't though. It was for him. <laughs> it was a selfish move. That's like, true. That in that situation, it's true. If it had happened to me, yeah. Again, I would. It'd be so hard for me to give Lincoln fifty grand to throw at some scammer. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But having seen how it all ends up, like fast forwarding six months later, I do think probably the right move. I don't know. I really don't know. You learn the lesson. More significantly, if you're the victim of it, then I tell you you're getting screwed. And then for the rest of your life, you have the question mark. Was I? I think I was right. Maybe he's wrong. Yeah. I guess that's tr that part is true, but people don't always learn their fucking lessons. No, like, that's they true. at all. People that are gullible are pretty gullible. And then it didn't cost them anything. Yeah, it didn't cost that motherfucker a penny. At all. No. So, why? what lesson is he? He's not feeling the weight of that money gone. True. It's just kind of a 30,000-foot view of it where you go, like, what's my mission with these kids? And when on my deathbed, what was it? Well, my mission was just to love them blindly, whether they're... Yeah, I guess to me, loving around. someone blindly should be so disconnected from money or things. To me, that's like giving your alcoholic kid booze. Whiskey, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. bad for them. Which my dad did do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well... Stay um, warm peace out and love. There. Happy holidays. Love you. Hold on a second. Oh yeah. Well. Yeah. I thought <laughs> They're in here somewhere. <laughs> Every other thing in the world is over in that corner. <laughs> it's a fun corner. Listen to all that. It's like um, it's like when Snoopy goes into his doghouse <laughs> and he has every single thing in the world inside <laughs> his doghouse. <laughs> Rob came up. Oh, this is kind of like a, this is um, a, a Hawaiian Christmas. Mecca Kaliki Maha is the thing you say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. Mecca Kaliki Maha is the So we don't have the bells, but we have every other thing. We do have so many noisemakers, just not the Christmas. What's this one? <laughs> it's I like thunder. thunder. Oh. 
Well, that that was a misfire. Um, All right. Well, I I'm, hope everyone has I hope a, that's not a harbinger of the Christmas to come. No, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. We'll have bells for the holiday episode. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> Get some right now. Thank goodness. I love you. Happy holidays. Happy have holidays so much fun. And happy New Year. Ashok, Nimi, I love you guys. Uh, Neil, I love you. <laughs> all the Padmans. All the Shepherds. Yeah. All the Honchels. Hollises. Let's give a shout out to the Honchels. And the Honchels. Yeah. I love you. Love you. We are supported by Intuit, the technology platform that builds your financial confidence. There's some things that school doesn't really teach you, like how to handle the financial world. I mean, look, I did 16 years of school and I didn't have a single class on accruing debt or a hole that that puts you yeah, on. Yeah, they don't teach you that. No effort made whatsoever. If you want more financial knowledge, now is a great time to learn with Intuit for Education program. It has free, easy-to-use resources like getting a car loan with Credit Karma simulations, understanding taxes with TurboTax lessons, and even learning to run a business with QuickBooks simulations. Check out Intuit's free resources today at intuit.com slash education. Intuit, that's I-N-T-U-I-T dot com slash education.